Hey, good morning, Nashville. This is Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC. We discuss all the current market trends and the important topics that you need to know before you buy, sell, or refinance your home. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, with the Federal Savings Bank, and I'm MLS licensed, and my license number is 173264. Joining me in studio today, we have Mr. Orca Man himself, David Owen. How are you doing, man? Good, man. How about yourself? Outstanding, man. I love this guy over here. He's he's a great person, a great business guy, and someone you guys need to know. So if you're looking to buy, not buy, but you're looking to build, buy or sell your home, you need a remodeling guy, need a building guy, this is your guy, David from Orca. And then if you're selling your home, buying a home, you want to talk to Miss Aaron Kruger. How are Hello. you doing? Hello. I'm doing well. You got some new news you want to announce? Yes, I joined Compass Real Estate. I'm very excited. And who is Compass? They are an incredible national brand where they infuse real estate and technology at its finest to wow. kind of deliver ultimate results for the sellers and buyers. So I'm, I was super impressed um, cool. when we were kind of talking about this jump, and it was it's a good move for our team. Good, we're good. excited. Congratulations to you. Thank you, Jimmy. Man, how was your uh, weekend and holidays, man? Oh, it's been great, man. It's just gonna get. Crazy I, now, man. I could uh, get used to not working. I know, man. <laughs> I am meant for retirement. These Saturday mornings, though, man. We have a week full of Saturdays, though. Yeah. But, man, we've got an outstanding show we got to jump right into because we have a ton of material to cover, and I'm not quite sure we're going to cover it all, but if we don't, we'll pick it up next week. But given that you got a new year going, everyone seems to be excited about the, the housing market, regardless if it was a new year or not, but now you've got this whole... Holiday season's behind us, and now everybody's getting focused, and I think in the springtime season, which we've already discussed many times, you need to list your home. If you're ready to sell, don't worry about what part of the year it is. I mean, during the holidays is an outstanding time to sell your house, but if you've waited and you want to do it in the spring, like everybody else is, join the rat race, because there's going to be a ton of competition, tons of people that are out there putting their house in the market anyway. But here are some important topics that you need to know when you're going to list your home. And a lot of people get upset and worried about uh, what are rates doing? Rates are always coming and going, and people seem to hear things about the rates. And, you know, it's in the media, it's never a good spin because it's always, it sounds like it's negative, 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 negative. But when in reality you look at it, heck, in the rates in the 70s were 8.86, in the 80s, 12.7, 1990s, 8.12, in 2000, 6.129 on average, and we've seen rates as low as, you know, three and a quarter, three and a half um, during uh, the last 10 to 12 years. But right now we're seeing rates more in the upper fours, lower fives, and people start to cringe when they're hearing about rates in the fives, which I don't understand. Why would you cringe about a rate being in the five? Because we're so used to them being in the 3 and 4% mode. But they weren't there for so long. <laughs> it was for a short, very short time. And if you missed that opportunity, I mean, that's another reason why you, you need to go ahead and get that house listed and get it going. Because, one, you don't want to have all that additional competition that's going to hit the market in, in the springtime. But at the same time, the longer you wait, the more rates go up. On top of that, the more house prices go up. You know, So it's, it's a double-edged sword. So don't... Don't get caught up too much in the rate because when you start comparing the rate difference between 4.5 and 5% or 5 and a quarter, it's not that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things. Now, where the increased rate will affect you is your house buying power. It will cut into your purchasing power. So you take a, let's say, an average 
almost an average house around here, $400,000 house. And let's say the, the rate's 2000 I mean, uh, 2000 geez, the rate's 5%. That'd give you a payment, principal and interest, of $2,148, $2,148. And to qualify in that same scenario, but you've got a decrease in, or you got an increase in your purchasing power, or my fault, you got a decrease in your purchasing power because rates were going up. You could see as much of a decline of not being able to buy that $400,000 house. That same amount of payment is only going to be good enough to get you a $360,000 house. That's a big difference. That is a big difference. So, I mean, you're talking about a 10% change that might mean everything. Well, that's something to think about if you're looking at new construction and it's yeah. not ready yet. Yeah. So you need to find yourself a lender where you can lock in. And yep. what, what does that look like? Yeah, that's easy. I mean, we can lock people in for a full year in advance. Oh, that's great. So, I mean, there's a lot of flexibility with that. So, if you want to talk about that, just give us a call. We'll, we'll work that out. But the other thing is inventory. I mean, it kind of goes back to what you're saying with the builder. Right now, we still have inventory shortages. I think the current number is right around 4%, maybe 3.9%, 4% months yeah. reserve, something like that. So, I mean, the inventory, then basically what you're looking at there is a normal supply of six months. So, right now, when you put a house in the market, there's more buyers than there are houses. And you get into these bidding wars and you get into this craziness that goes on. I mean, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. And it's in certain price points. And it's definitely, totally, certain price points. So there's a lot of things to be, you know, think about and take into consideration. It's exciting to buy a house, but there's a lot of things that go behind the scenes with it. And then, um, other than that, last but not least, I mean, call, call a professional, man. Call... You know, somebody like Aaron, if you're looking to do some real estate stuff. Myself, if you're looking for mortgage stuff. David, if you're looking to consider about buying or remodeling your existing home. All of our contact information is on the website. So go check it out at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. Now, anything you guys want to add on that? Because I kind of just blasted through that and didn't even give you guys an opportunity. I think it sounds great. Oh, yeah. outstanding. <laughs> well, let's go on. Let's call it a show, man. All right, so let's move on to... Uh, you want to get the most out of your money when you're selling your house. Now, this one, before I jump into what I want to say, I want to, I want to kind of put it out there. Aaron, from your point of view as a seasoned professional realtor, what do you think most people want to, you know, what's, what's the average consumer thinking about getting them, how they would get the most money out of their house? From a, from a seller's point of view? Yeah. Um, you need to look at kitchen and baths. Okay. We need to look at curb appeal. Curb appeal. Um, you know, I always tell my sellers it's it's my job to draw them into the house. Okay. But it's their job to keep them there. So it's right. going to be through the condition of the house, what the upgrades look like, how what the staging looks like at right. the home, things like that. So it's it's definitely a group effort. Yeah, David, you got anything before we head off to the break here? I guess uh, for Aaron, at what point do you draw the line between upgrading? your kitchen and your bath to offset the cost of the sale. Absolutely. We look at the um, the subdivision, see how much. You don't want to go too much. Overdeveloped. Right. So it could be changing out countertops from laminate to granite or mm-hmm. something like that. It could be as simple as painting the cabinets and putting in new knobs. Right. That will make a huge difference. Right. So you talk about that with your professional, with your agent. Absolutely. Hey, when we get back, we're going to talk about how pricing your home is key. And it's going to be counterintuitive with the way we're going to approach this, but the numbers don't lie. You've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WAC. We'll be right back.
Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WAC. In studio, we have Miss Erin Kruger from Compass Realty. It's Real Estate. Real Estate. It's yes. a new company, so give me a few weeks to get that down. <laughs> Compass Real Estate. And then we have Mr. David Owen from Orca Building Group. How are you, man? Uh, I'm doing great. Dude, this is going to be a spotlight of Miss Aaron over here, but I want to hear your opinion on this from a from a builder's point of view. Every, every homeowner wants to maximize their financial return when they sell their home. Mm-hmm. But... How do you guarantee that you're going to receive the maximum value for your house? One of the two key ways that you know we we go in and attack this, especially from a realtor's point of view, is pricing it slightly on the low side. Which probably people that are listening to us right now are probably shaking their head, going, "What in the world are you thinking, Mike? How can you price it a little bit low, but yet still maximize the return on your investment?" and what you'll have to do is you have to go to the website at moneymanmike.net or on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio and see the pricing uh, pyramid. When you price right at or just below market value, you're almost guaranteed to get somewhere between 60 to 75% of the people that are looking in your price range. When you price it over aggressively, uh, or I should say, when you price it in a very greedy manner, and we we all are that way. So it's not like I'm talking to any single person. We all want to get as much money for our house when we sell it. That's not any, anything different from one person to the next. But there's some tricks of the trades on how to do that. When you price it so high or at the top of the market, people will look at it and glance right by it because they don't necessarily perceive it as a good value because it's priced at the top of the market. And most people are looking for a deal, which there's not that many good deals on the front end of a real estate transaction, you've got to buy the house, and then the good deal is that appreciation you're getting year over year after year. And if you can buy it below below market value, great. That's an extra win. But when you price it at the top of the market, people look at it, they scan past it, and they don't come back to it. And now you've just missed out on 60 to 70% of the viewers out there, and you put put yourself into a viewership box of maybe 30% or even only 10% of the market. So you cut out a lot of potential buyers from your house by overpricing it and leaving yourself what you perceive as room to negotiate down. And I want Aaron to touch on that. Why is that such a bad thing on trying to overprice it and thinking you're building in yourself that room to negotiate down? It's not like a car transaction or anything like that. But why is that a bad move? Well, first, you're going to alienate a lot of the people that can afford the property. Yeah. Um, You know, and then also... It, it also sets the stance from a buyer's point of view that maybe we're dealing with an unrealistic seller. True. And how is that going to be through the course of the transaction? Yep. Um, so there's there's a multitude of reasons, but I think going back to what you said earlier about pricing it at, at market value or slightly under is a good play. Mm-hmm. I think that you know it's all about the numbers. Like let's crunch them. I think when I sit down with sellers, we kind of look at the solds that have, are in the subdivision in the area, and we see it. If we see it was priced at let's say three. 350, um, but the offers are it closed out at 365. Right. Then we're seeing that there's that trend. Right. Right. Where there's a huge buyer pool there. There was all, obviously multiple offers. High and demand. Exactly. You got that right. And so we kind of look at that. But if we're looking at a house and we haven't seen anything like that, um, you know, we need to be very cautious on that because I, I don't have a crystal ball. 
I can't guarantee that there's going to be multiple offers. Correct. Um, so you have to be very, very careful with that. And I think it's setting expectations and talking about what market value is and also knowing mm-hmm. what the demand is around the area. And that's something you have to talk about with absorption rate and everything else that's out there. I think demand is the key thing. And right now, we've, it's it's definitely a seller's market because um, we have we don't have our six months inventory supply. So what you're going to create when you price it at or below market value, all of a sudden it's going to pop up on everybody's radar, that 60 to 75% number or even higher. Um, and now all of a sudden you're going to create this feeding frenzy. You're going to have everybody want to come look at it. And instead of you being consumed with the fact of, hey, I've got to price it high so I have room to negotiate down with an individual offer versus – you price it just a little bit lower than market value, and now instead of having one offer, you have five, seven, eight, ten offers, and now they're driving the price up. And the numbers will indicate and show historically that when you get that bidding war going on, you're going to get far more for that property than what you ever thought you were going to get. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a strategy, and yeah. it, it also comes down to the price point. That's Correct. not going to necessarily work on you know, 500 and over. Right. Um, so you have to be really cautious with that because obviously supply and demand, as you said, there's a huge demand yes. for that under $500,000 price point. Yeah. Any input you have from a builder's point of view? I mean, you, you kind of lucky, man, because you get to set your price and your price is good. But even at the same time, you guys provide an outstanding product. You're going to custom build it to the way somebody wants it. They're getting what they're paying for. And they're not, they, they, they got an acceptable time schedule that works for them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we still, I mean, most of the houses that we do are specs and stuff like that. So it's got to, uh, you know, we got to rely on the realtor to make sure that we we don't want to, last thing we want to do is overestimate a project and right. go in there and, and expect something that's unrealistic and and just have something sitting on the market. That's the last thing we're sure. looking for. Sure. And yeah. if we are wrong out the gate with the price, I think it's really important to let that first week you know, speak volumes to the seller mm-hmm. and to the agent. And so if you miss the mark, change it drop the price you know get it back where it needs to be because you don't want to waste valuable time right you know on the mls just sitting there then if that, foot that's traffic critical. says everything yeah, if yeah. you're not getting foot traffic something's wrong exactly price can fix a lot of things yeah and you know the 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 whole thing that a lot of people think about when they're selling a home is they start to get into the the thought strategy of maybe I can sell it myself, maybe I can fizzbo it the for sale by owner, and the reason you know most people think that is all right. It's if if everything's being found on the internet, and I can run a, a, a an ad for my house on the internet. Let's say Craigslist. You put it. I mean, I can't even think of some of the websites right now, but let's Facebook. I mean, there's a lot of play. I mean, there's in reality you probably deal with Aaron. 50, 60, 70 sites that you guys sure. post a single house to when you guys yes, list the house. Yes, we syndicate it. Whereas a FISBO homeowner, they're not going to know all those websites. Well, I think that's it. I mean, the agent you know, has the audience there. They have the network capabilities to really get it out there to the masses right. um, and have it shown. Um, the biggest thing is that it's being shown to people that are really ready, willing, able buyers mm-hmm. um, that are already working with an agent that are looking. But also what we do is we take the emotion out of it. Uh, you know, There have been many times where I've sat down with a, a for sale by owner 
and they've lived there. They love the home. They Every seller thinks their home is worth more Absolutely. than it actually is. Absolutely. And I have to sometimes be the bearer of, of bad, bad news, news <laughs> in, the, in the best way possible to explain the neighbor down the road got X amount. Yeah. Now look at those finishes. Compare them to your finishes. Where do you think we, we are? Um, you know, I don't want to set them up for failure. So it's, it's very important. And then sometimes the the for sale by owner completely misses the mark and, and underprices it by you missing win. some comparables. And I could save them thousands of dollars in that respect So to add to their pockets. So it's really important to sit down with a professional and see what they can offer you to get your house sold. All right. And this isn't a knock on your average homeowner because, I mean, for me, I'm in the business. Sure. I don't have access to all the true comps. So it's very easy for the average homeowner to miss comparables. But on top of that, what is it a comparable? I mean, how many times do we hear people talk about, hey, my buddy's house down the road sold for X number of dollars? Or, hey, my buddy's up the road, their payment is X number of dollars. And they try to correlate or compare it to theirs. And a lot of times they're not comparing apples to apples. Correct. The square footage could be off. It could be less. It could be more. They could be looking online to you know different estimates that mm-hmm. are out there, yeah. um, and thinking that's correct. And that's not that's not how the market looks at it. It's not how an appraiser would look no, at it. And I have to look no. at it as how an appraiser will look at it because yeah. otherwise I would set my seller up for failure if it didn't appraise. Yes. So we really need to be correct in the data. Yeah, every house has to be sold twice, once to the homeowner and then once to the bank, unfortunately. (laughs) You got that right. (laughs) And when we come back, we're going to talk about the numbers of how much does the average FISBO net or sell their house for versus a realtor. We're going to go through that when we get back. And you've been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLEC. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Thayer, and in the studio, we've been talking with David Owen from Orca Building Group and Miss Aaron Kruger from Encompass Real Estate Group, right? Encompass Real Estate. Real Estate. Real estate. Yes. See, I'll have it down by the end of the show. <laughs> all these changes we're all going through. Hey, before the break, we're talking about FISBO, uh, why you really don't want to sell your house for FISBO, as a FISBO, what you're going to miss out on, and we're going to continue this with this segment. But what do you think the average FISBO house sold for nationwide? What do you think the, nat- the national average price was for his FISBO sale versus a the median price for a house that was sold with a professional realtor? I think it would be lower, a lot lower. Give me a number. So, let's see, I would say 15 grand. 15 grand difference? Yeah. Hmm. David? I don't know, 8%, 10%. Jimmy? I'll say 12%. 12? The median sales price for all FISBO homes was $2,000 last year, $200,000 last year. However, homes that were sold with an assistance of a realtor had a median a median sales price of 264,900. Whoa. So basically $65,000 more. Wow. It's a lot more than that realtor fee. Uh heck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the point of this is a lot of people think that they're saving themselves so much money. But then what they're not understanding is what all do you have to go through when you're going to fisbo? You know, you got the exposure to the prospective buyers. Are you really in a good position to be the negotiator that can sit here and show 
your home to a buyer. On top of that, if the buyer is coming in with a professional realtor, that realtor is working on behalf of that buyer. So, for lack of a better term, you're getting you're going to be ganged up on, man. I mean, you're going to have multiple buyers, multiple realtors, and then you as a FISBO, owner of the house, trying to sell it to save 6% in real estate commissions. So, one, are you prepared for that? Because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I'll just set my price and it is what it is. Well, how are you setting your price? We just talked about a minute ago, comps. You don't have access to comps. You don't have the way – you don't know the way the industry looks and compares comps. And that's not a, 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 a down in anybody either. Hey, look, I've been in this business for 15 years, and I'm constantly learning that. I'm constantly learning how in the world does appraiser look at this property and give it the value of X. Because everybody can look at a property and think, I think it's worth this. And it might not necessarily agree with what the appraiser is going to show or come up with on a piece of paper. I mean, how many times have you had that happen? Oh, it happens. Unfortunately, more often than not. Yeah, it happens. So if we're professionals dealing with this on a day-to-day basis, week in, week out, year in, year out, you as a FISBO selling your house by yourself who doesn't really deal in the industry on a regular basis – you're taking on a mammoth task of trying to just set your price properly and then having to negotiate and deal with prospective borrowers and real estate agents. Anything you want to add on that? Well, I think that they're doing themselves a disservice. Um, yeah. There's a lot of hassle when, for on a seller's end um, when they go to list their house for sale by owner. I mean, coordinating the showings. Are they going to be there? Mm-hmm. Are they going to let an, you know somebody in their home without them being there? And that's a scary yeah. know, prospect. But the thing that they don't understand is that we're vetting the people that are there. The only people that are able to bring in um, and see the home are those that are with an agent. Right. So the you know the agent then has an ethical duty um, to be responsible when they're in the house. So it's it's just that it's also just taking the emotion out of everything that the seller That's is the doing, tough one. and and we're that kind of voice of reason. Yeah. Um, and so we can kind of say, well, I know that you love those satellite uh, those. Um, Solar panels that are on your roof. I right. had a, I had a seller many years ago. It was actually a for sale by owner that ended up listing with me, and he loved that because it saved him a lot of money. But that might not mean a lot to the next buyer. Right, right. You know, so we have to kind of put that in perspective of what is actually realized value and what is not. Um, yeah. What is going to have the best return on your investment? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of talk about those things, and also what the neighbor down the road that already closed what yeah. they have. I mean, it, that comes back to me curb appeal sure. i mean what what we the way our taste is the way we want to decorate a house all of the knickknacks that you might have in the house you think it makes it you makes it just perfect but yet it distracts away from the property when you're showing it or some things that like the solar panels somebody doesn't care about that they don't want that for whatever the reason is or sure. they don't care about your little garden gnomes or whatever in the front yard you love them not everybody loves them. I mean, really, an agent, a, a realtor is really going to come in there and give some really sound advice yeah. that is going to save them time and put more money in their pocket at the Absolutely. end of the day. I mean, I know I go around and I say, remember, we're selling countertops, we're selling flooring. Mm-hmm. That means take up the bath mats, yeah. show the tile off, show the countertops, pick your three favorite things, everything else has to go underneath the cabinet right? because I'm selling countertops. Yep. This is important. And so sometimes they don't realize that because how we live and how we sell our house are two different things. Absolutely. And you really need an expert on your side. Yeah. I mean, it's 
you 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 sell how many homes a year? 400, 500? I sold over 450 homes in 2018. All right. So you've done this a time or two. Couple. So you've heard the feedback from multiple agents on your seller's listings, and vice versa, you've had the opportunity to give feedback on why you don't want to come back and look at a property. So the point of pointing this out is she's seen this a time or two. I, I would take her advice over, you know, if I was trying to FISBO, I'd, you know. They're, David's over there saying me too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things of when you don't do it every day, it's hard to really understand what's the, the ins and outs, what makes everything work, what's makes that wheel go around. And, you know, I get it. People say, well, I can list it online and there's all these social sites and all these websites I can go to. Well, that's great if you're tech savvy. Not everybody's tech savvy. But then more importantly, you know, the paperwork's coming, the more of the problem, in my opinion is all the rules, regulations, the timelines, the restraints, the when you have to have this done. And it's like you said, you got to let all these people in. You got to let the home inspector in. You got to let the appraiser person in. And that's a lot to do for one person that's trying to sell their house and save some money. Absolutely. And also, the negotiation's not over after you get a contract. No, I mean, no, you're no. negotiating repairs. What if the appraisal falls flat? There's so many different things. Um, you know, I have some tricks up my sleeve to make a deal a, a deal happen and to make sure it's a win-win. I mean, today we just were negotiating on a house, and we had a long list of repairs. But we also know that the moving truck is coming tomorrow for the sellers. Mm-hmm. What's easier, you know, a credit in lieu of yep. Yep. you know some of these things, you know, or to be able to have you know all of these repairs to be done. Right. So there can be a solution here to make sure that we get and hit the closing date, which is super important to everybody, because especially if that seller's moving on to another house. Tricks of the trade and just experience of doing this over and over and over and, and just being ready to go. David, we're going to have to wake you up. Get you another shot. Hello. Of what are you, there, yawning man? over there? Yeah. Jimmy, are we that boring this morning? Apparently. I God, mean, I'm wide awake, but. <laughs> thought we were covering some good topics here. <laughs> Dear Lord. All right, so where where is the housing market going? Where do you guys think the housing market's going in 2019? Well, you know, I see that... Um, it's it's going to be a little bit more of a balanced market. It's a little it's calming down a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know, depending on the price point, uh, you know, we're always going to be strong in the lower price point. I mean, think Absolutely. about how many people are moving into Nashville yeah. daily. Yeah. Um. Then we have the news of all of these great companies that are coming to mm-hmm. Nashville as well. So, you know, that's that's going to keep our market strong. I agree. Um. But I do think that you know we are going to get more realistic with our prices. We've seen some crazy appreciation. Over the last couple of years, Crazy? it's been amazing. I think insane. Right, exactly. So um, to kind of you know have that be calm for a little bit, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's kind of where we're going to see things. I think that we're still going to have a really really strong market here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about pairing yourself with the right the right agent to be able to guide you with the correct data Absolutely. of where the price point needs to be is going to be key in this, uh, and also to see what their strategy is with you know with a changing market that we're kind of seeing and how that's going to be yes. uh, dealt with. Yes. Yeah, the data, the trends, what's happening, what's what used to work, what doesn't work anymore. You know, what what sellers and buyers alike are wanting to see and do to make these deals work is, I mean, it's key in today's market. So, we come back from the break, we're going to talk about some stuff that Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, uh, Mortgage Bankers Association, and CoreLogic, along with NAR, National Association of Realtors, has to say about the housing market going into 2019. Been listening to the Money Man Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WAC. We'll be right back. Just toss that ham in the frying pan. 
Hey, welcome back to the Money Men Mike Show here on Talk Radio 98.3 and 1510 WLAC, where we talk all things real estate. I'm your host, Michael Fair, and in the studio we've been talking with David Owen with Orca Building Group and then Aaron Kruger with the Compass Real Estate. Correct. Hey, I told you I'd get it by the end of the show. You got it right. <laughs> so, where is the market going in 2019? And, you know, what does Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, Mortgage Bankers Association, CoreLogic, and the National Association of Realtors have to say about the housing market? Well, first and foremost, 30 year fixed interest rates. They're going to go up from the lower four, I mean, the lower fours, geez, the upper fours. All the way up into potentially 5.3, 5.4, says your average 30-year fixed rate by the end of 2019. Now, take that with a grain of salt, uh, because the last several years that everybody forecasted rates, the federal government was artificially holding down rates. They were keeping rates low by buying all the mortgage bond securities on Wall Street and blah, 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 blah. That's a whole different story that we can go on and talk about for 10 minutes in itself. But that's not happening anymore. The Fed has changed their monetary policy. They're no longer buying all the bonds, and they're allowing normal uh, supply and demand to happen. So, therefore, I believe this year we are actually going to see the rates go into the upper upper, you know, 2.5 to 5.5 range. Uh, so, I think that's going to be a pretty pretty accurate assessment. Um, also, housing appreciation. Um, they're still anticipating at least a 4.8% nationwide average for house appreciation of 4.8. And, you know, what would you say, Aaron, the, the rate in the appreciation rate in some of the areas around Nashville has been the last two years. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's I definitely mean, double digits. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, 8, 8% and above. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been it's been crazy. It has been crazy. <laughs> uh, insane as the membrane, as uh, we <laughs> had the music before. But it's, uh, it's one of those things of we're coming back down to some sort of normalcy, but yet it's still above the national historical average has been 3%. Yeah, but very stable. I very, mean, that's because yeah. we have so many people that are moving into the area and and companies relocating mm-hmm. in. There's there's always going to be that supply and demand, yeah. but we can, you know, affordability is always going to be an issue in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's something also to consider. And right. this kind of helps a little bit. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of people might get this confused of, well, the appreciation is slowing down, so does that mean the housing market slowing down, and does that mean the economy slowing down, and there's all this other stuff, and you got to look at it this way, and the analogy I like to use is you're speeding down the interstate, and let's face it, pretty much 9 out of 10 of us are probably speeding down the interstate. Post the speed limit's 55 or 65, whatever, and we're doing 75, 85, you know, heck, on 40 and 65, if you're not doing 80, you're getting passed and ran over in some cases. So right. it is what it is. But then all of a sudden, you see that police officer pulling on. What do you do? You slam on the brakes and you slow down to the posted speed limit, or at least what you think it's going to be. <laughs> and now all of a sudden, you're like, man, everything's going by me so slow. And it's just, it just irks you. Well, that's all that's happening now with the real estate market. It's slowing down to the norm. It's, and we're still above the norm, in all honesty. But we're just slowing down to some normalcy instead of everything being so freaking insane and flying at just the speed of light 
And I think we're, we're sheltered here in some regard with Nashville with all the companies relocating, like you were saying, Aaron, all these people keep on coming here. It's going to keep our demand and our appreciation numbers up higher than the national average. Oh, absolutely. Even I was an agent during the recession. Oh. And even at that point, mm-hmm. Nashville was so much better off than, than other cities that were around the country. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were never as hit that never, hard yeah, exactly. in comparison. So um, this is new to us. You know, We've been seeing all of these gains every mm-hmm. single year year over year. So it's new. Yeah. And so it's a little shocking and it's a little different, but we're going to be okay. And it's it's okay for it to be a win-win between a buyer and a seller. Yes. The seller doesn't have to walk away with, you know, a ton of, um, you know, all this extra money mm-hmm. and the buyer feels as though they had to give yeah. everything, including their heart and soul in a letter and their right arm right. sometimes, right. and to get this house because they're trying to beat out 20 other offers. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is going to be, you know, more of a balanced market. And, you know, it's 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 needed after this yeah. this whole ride that we've been on. It is. I mean, Nashville's still the it city. And David, you were talking about an article. Um, where where did uh, they rank Nashville? Number three last year. Number three, and did they give a projection for where we were going to be this year? Uh, they just said it would still be on the rise. I think it was another three point eight percent or something like that. So I mean, number uh, three nationwide. Yeah, I Nashville's mean, hot right now. Oh, it's very I mean, hot. With uh, you know, with all the we're getting a lot of attention with all the TV shows, and it's just a clean place. And you got a lot of people coming. Well, here. on affordability compared to other oh, sectors of the market, yes. we have a lot of people from Chicago moving yes, down here, and yes. you know, Los Angeles and New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Just the East Coast alone, property taxes—they can have a three or four hundred thousand uh. dollar up there, and what eighteen, <laughs> twenty thousand dollars in property tax? Yes, yes. They I, buy a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house here. Let's just say hypothetically in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. and your tax. Taxes, you know, are two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars. Yes, it's it's a completely different ball game when you come down here, uh, and I always love it when I'm working with people that relocate down here from from out of state because once they get that <laughs> yes. right, they tell their brother, their sister, yep. their uncle, their aunt, and I am selling yep. everybody in their family a house mm-hmm. and relocating down here. It's 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 it about is. quality of life. Um, it's it's great. I love Nashville. The first time I did a loan for someone that lived in Chicago, and they were on the outside suburbs, and I think the house was like three fifty, four hundred thousand dollars, but their property taxes were twelve thousand dollars. Every six months. Yeah. Twelve thousand dollars every six months, twenty four thousand for the year. Oh yeah. I was like, this this has got to be wrong. Like, no, that's right. And I'm like. That imagine house? paying that quarter. No. I mean, it's just what can you imagine what your payment would be because if no. it's escrowed in no. there, whew. and God help you if you got an HOA on top of that. Oof. Yeah, so yeah, when people relocate here, everyone's wondering why do these people keep coming here from these other cities? Well, that same house that they're paying four hundred thousand dollars for, they can buy a seven hundred thousand dollar, eight hundred thousand dollar house here and have a fraction of the property taxes here that they're paying up there for a smaller house. Absolutely, they can have less traffic. Even though people here complain that Nashville traffic's bad, it's nothing compared to Chicago, San Francisco, New York. Oh, I grew Dallas. outside at Philadelphia, I ninety five. Oh Oof. my God, that whole just, corridor. Just sit, you just yes. sit. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, the the quality of life. There's a lot to be said about that. And do you want to spend the majority of your life sitting behind the wheel, or do you want to, you know, have a reasonable commute and a much lower cost of living and be able to go do other things versus have to pay for your mortgage? 
Oh, your property taxes. You're exactly right. It's, it really is with Tennesseans in particular. It's about quality of life. What I find so unique about Tennessee when I moved down here well over 15 years ago was that when somebody gets another job on the other side of the city, <laughs> they look at moving. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that? I mean, yeah, to me, true. that was so foreign. Being yeah. from the north, you would just stay at the same right. house forever. Right. Um, and it's just a little bit different down it here. Is. Uh, so it's all about quality of life. So if they're a biker and they want to hit the greenway after work or easy. go, you know, they can do it. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I've been here since I was three and I mean, I've come and gone, transferred out, came back with work. And I always said, you know, we complain about traffic here and what's going on here, but there's a reason I always came back here. Right. And I mean, there's just everything's right here. It's the best kept secret. But unfortunately, the secret's out. <laughs> it is out. It used to be the best kept secret. <laughs> so we're almost out of time, but I'm going to cover a couple ways of how people can save thousands of dollars on the interest um, by paying your mortgage just slightly different than what you are right now. And I wish I videotaped a lot of people when I tell them this information because their mouth just hits the floor especially when I show them the amortization numbers. And you can do this yourself as far as seeing how much you're going to actually save by just going to Google, type in amortization schedule, and plug in your mortgage information. And then plug in an extra 25 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, whatever you can afford. It doesn't matter what the number is. The more, the better. But something as simple as 25 bucks a month, you're going to see a substantial savings. Now, do you have to note that, though, for principal or how to – I mean – People want to do it different ways. Um, typically, it's automatically added on and paid down on the principal, but I always tell people you want to be 100% certain, send in a separate thing and just say principal payment only. Okay. So, but let's say, let's say you take um, um, a $250,000 house, 30 year mortgage, and let's say you have a 5% rate. Your principal and interest payment before taxes is $1,342.05. So, that's what you require to pay as your minimum payment every single month. Now, if you take that, and pay a twelfth of that. So you would be adding $111.84 to your monthly payments, which might not seem like that much to some people, but basically you're paying one extra payment per year, and you're going to shorten your loan term by four years and eight months and save yourself $42,000 in interest by just paying wow. an extra $111 a month. You'll save four year, basically five years off your mortgage, and $42,000 in interest. So it adds up quick. Another example, smaller example, $50. You add $50 to your loan term, you're going to save $21,000 in interest and take two years off of your loan. So if you can't do the $111, you can't do $50, do $25. You're still saving money off your loan. And if you get a big tax refund or a bonus or whatever, Take take and pay your higher interest rate credit cards and stuff like that off, but if you've got you know all your finances in order, make a big principal loan sum uh, some payment on your loan, and I mean it's incredible. Like I said, go to the amortization schedule, Google it, or give me a call and I'll help you walk you through it. Uh, but that is pretty much what we've got for the show this week. You guys have any extra pieces? Uh-huh. Jimmy, I'm good. Well, my God, we wrapped this sucker up and we actually hit all the material. I'm surprised. We're, We're outstanding. <laughs> We're pros, man. But no, seriously, if you're fizzboing, you're thinking about fizzboing, think about it. Think about it again and give us a call. Uh, call Aaron, call David, call myself. If you've got any questions about the mortgage stuff or building stuff, all our 
All of our contact information is online at moneymanmike.net and on Facebook at Money Man Mike Radio. You guys have a great day. We're out.